0: Is Sunday the Christian Sabbath? Or is there a Christian Sabbath?
1: So, my answer to that is no and yes. Here we go! Impress
0: them on your children! Impress them on your children! Impress them on your children! Yeah! Talk about them when you see Hello, them.
1: Hello, welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine.
0: All right, Tony, we are back at it. We both got a little coffee here, that's good. you, have you made it through the the uh was it cabela's coffee or
1: the blueberry or something no i have it like when we record podcasts basically
0: <laughs> okay so it's gonna be a while
1: it's uh ll bean so
0: ll bean that's what it is
1: okay well so tony what did you do last sunday so this past sunday huh so i um I finished some work on my deck, to be honest with you, after church, so I obviously preached God's word. I uh, I taught Sunday school uh, that uh, I was tired at points, and I worked on a sermon, I think, so I'm trying to remember exactly. I I think I grilled steaks because they were on sale at Hannaford, so how are okay. you? I assume that's a local grocery store. It is. It's like, yeah, It's uh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's like Food Lion, I think. Okay. All right.
0: Sounds good, man. Um, so, is that kind of typical for what you would do, you and your family, on a given Sunday?
1: More or less, I have a ten- I try to. I'm a person that has a hard time winding down. Maybe it's a sin issue, uh, but uh, I, I like to when I get home from church to do, keep doing church ministry work and uh, you know serve the church in that capacity. And you know, we'll often try to. And family worship, incorporate what they, we learned from Sunday school and everything. So uh, so we'll have probably sometimes a longer family worship on Sundays. So how about you?
0: Well, we worshiped uh, with the Lord's people. Uh I ate some lunch. I did some planning for the week, and I guess kind of beyond that, I've just found that when I really lock in like that, it helps me to be more productive uh, the rest of the days. If I up front putting in some effort. Um I think my kids watched something and then they played with the neighbor. We hung out some together. Um and we went on the fourth Sunday of each month we have a prayer and praise service and so we did that and then that evening my wife and I watched uh part of a a, a movie. So yeah, I mean it was, I I watched part of the movie Tony. So I know you would be <clears throat> be shocked at that, but
1: That's pretty impressive. Uh, but,
0: <laughs> uh, but that can be somewhat typical for us. I mean, not just point for point, but there was nothing that was super out of the ordinary. Um, do you know what Charles Spurgeon did on Sundays?
1: I'm going to guess he did not wear a VR headset. I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah. So among other things, he smoked a cigar to the glory of God. Mm. Now, is that part of your Sunday routine?
1: Maybe. No, I, I don't smoke <laughs> cigars. So no.
0: So it's never been a part of my routine, and it probably won't ever be. Uh, but that is what we want to get in today, uh, talking about Christian practices on Sunday. How should Christians act, and, and how should we lead our families to act? Um, so we're both both old enough to remember, I, at least I think. I mean, it may have been different just regionally um, where you and I were growing up. But do you remember when businesses were closed on Sundays or more businesses were closed?
1: I suspect that was not as much of a thing in the Midwest, Uh, and uh, I I probably to a degree. I mean, but uh, I think Chick-fil-A was an anomaly. Even I know in the Midwest, when Chick-fil-A started to open up, it was seen as bizarre by Midwesterners that a business would be closed on Sunday. So slightly, maybe. I assume you do, though.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I remember, I forget exactly how old I was when it really started noticing a change, but I do remember fewer businesses being open uh and yes obviously chick-fil-a uh but there's some places that still don't sell alcohol on sundays specifically because it is a sunday uh that is 100%, 100% not a thing
1: and that is 100% not a thing in illinois trust me 100% <laughs> not a thing in Illinois. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah um I, I don't doubt it um and i mean i'm not out there per- I, but i remember when we were in uh In Louisville, which, you know, Kentucky's sort of considered the South. I didn't really feel like Louisville was, you know, the South, having grown up in the deep South myself. But um, my wife worked at a restaurant, and they could not sell um, alcoholic beverages Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Um, But, you know, Christianity and the implications that people saw flowing out of it have made a big imprint on American culture. And sometimes that was good. Sometimes it it was not. But um, a, a number of Christians in history have understood the Sabbath from the Ten Commandments. Uh, to transfer to Sunday under the New Covenant. And so that's why they made their patterns look different on Sunday. But in more recent times, like you just talked about people in the Midwest and other regions of the country, New England, where you are now, um, and and it's not just unbelievers, but Christians as well have increasingly seen Sunday as just another day. So let's, let's look at it a little more closely. Is Sunday the Christian Sabbath? Or is there a Christian Sabbath?
1: So my answer to that is no and yes. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably progressing to a degree on this. I, I think Hebrews uh, 9 uh, Hebrews 4, rather, 9 through 11 gives us really the best answer on that, and that is that Jesus is really the ultimate Sabbath. Uh, so Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 says, then there So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Whoever entered God's rest, referring to Jesus, is also rested from his work as God did his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. But further, I think the principle of the Sabbath uh, being passed on in the gift of the Lord's Day. So kind of almost a replacement or fulfillment of the Sabbath. So Revelation one ten I think, refers to that. Uh, we see this pointed to in Acts 27 and, and 1 Corinthians 16.2. Uh, but the earliest Christians actually further uh, made Sunday, in essence, the Sabbath so that they could remember the resurrection so really yes and no and i think this is kind of bolstered by the fact that jesus who was the ultimate sabbath uh celebrated the right use of sabbath day even in luke uh, chapter 6 where he rejects some of the misabuses of the abuses rather of the sabbath what do you think do you think there is a christian sabbath
0: well, in the sense that yes, going to Hebrews, that there is a there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, um, but it's not a a single day kind of thing. Um, it's more a state that we we enter into. So yeah, you and I would agree that the we're not under the law, and I think we kind of take a pretty Lutheran approach on that as far as the Christian's relationship to the old covenant, and so the Sabbath does to be uh appear to be something that's that's very much part of the old covenant and so it's not saturday for us um but i don't think that it means it transfers to sunday now that may i mean we may we're going to get into it about well what do we do with sunday Um, but I, i think a natural question that would come out of that is what should Christians do about physical rest? Because before there was synagogue worship and that kind of thing, it's not like everybody went to the temple on Saturday. I mean, not everyone lived in Jerusalem, so that would have been prohibitive. Um, and so, I mean, Jews were in, the, by the time of the, the early church, Jews were gathering in synagogues on, yeah. on the Sabbath, and Christians seemed to kind of transfer that principle. But part of the Sabbath, I mean, you look in... Uh, in the law when it's given the, the people were not to do any kind of work uh, on the Sabbath. And I mean, there was a, it was a day of physical rest, things yeah. like that. What do Christians do about that? And I mean, are there things that new covenant believers can take from the principles there in the old covenant uh, and appropriate for ourselves?
1: Yeah. So I think for sure that God made us to need rest, which is part of, but not the main reason for a Sabbath. And I think that that does apply. Here. And, and by the way, I think in general, as a principle, that, you know, I, I think our approach to the law, obviously we understand, even Luther, who Luther basically said we replace the uh, law with a moral law, but he saw basically that the Mosaic law points to the moral law. And so the law doesn't, the law always exists to reveal something good. How we apply that is going to differ but there's always a sense in which we benefit from the law even today so i mean the law is life-giving psalm 119 says that very very clearly so uh but further if jesus is a rest resting in god rather than trying to stew in control i think becomes deeply wise is this kind of new covenant application and lastly uh you know rest we learned from the old covenant uh that rest is still this kind of dependence upon god uh that is both unnatural and beautiful i mean there's a reason why even in the old covenant a lot of people didn't actually follow through on the sabbath and they didn't because it was self-dependence uh the idea of sabbath is so that we can trust in god so that we can give that day and know that god's going to take care of us Uh, and i think we still have to have that attitude
0: Yeah, it was a reminder that they were not God, and he was, because you were stopping your work, and other people around you were continuing to work. And so it was an act of faith to go, you know what, we're going to take a day off here. Uh, It's not the pagans around them were doing the same thing. Uh, Yeah, and I I agree with you. Uh, We need physical rest. Again, it's a reminder, like going to sleep and getting adequate sleep uh, or a helpful amount of sleep is a reminder that we are not God, and the world keeps going without us plugging away. God has given us much to do. We've done uh, an episode on work and vocation and things like that. That's an important part of our lives, but we also uh, God is the only one who's always at work. And so we can and, and I think should intentionally give ourselves time to rest, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's a helpful thing. I know something that when I got to seminary, uh, I forget what got my wife thinking about this, but she pushed me to say, Hey, let's let's take Sunday and intentionally not fill it with all these other things and, and try to take a break from it. I think even maybe the first year we were married before I got to seminary. And that was a practice that we mostly kept. Uh, there were me a few times when I did some schoolwork and and the Lord honored that, and it was just trying to to give some time to you know our church and to each other and our family and things like that. And, and it was a helpful thing just in, in learning to, to say, I'm going to stop working. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it
1: was healthy. So have so. your I,
0: views and your practices on Sunday changed over time?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it has probably more than almost any area of my theology the past few years. Uh, You know, the past year or so, I became more comfortable seeing Sunday as being kind of the Christian Sabbath, if you will, as, or more even the Christian replacement or fulfillment of the Sabbath. I'm not sure I would overtly say that. it's a Christian Sabbath, but uh, I would probably agree with a lot of the arguments that effectively say that, that show that it seems to be pointing towards it, uh, you know, as ultimately our new day of rest, as our fulfillment of that. So, uh, and I, what's really got me in that is I, especially because looking at other church stuff, I, I studied uh, some of the Lord's day rhetoric in scripture because of some confessional Baptists, some uh, 1689 Baptist confession uh, churches, and and I think I came to the conclusion that this rhetoric of the Lord's Day doesn't seem to be coincidental. You know, I used to kind of believe that it's probably good for us to model, you know, they they give us good examples in worshiping on the Lord's Day, Uh, but I, I think I might be as even bold as saying that we're making a mistake now if we don't Uh, you utilize the Lord's day as our specific day of corporate worship today. Okay. How about you? Has your opinion changed on this at all? Has your practices changed? I know you expressed how you learned from your wife As I hope I learned from my wife who's a lot smarter than I am. (laughs) Um,
0: yes, the Lord can give us wisdom from our wives. Um, and hopefully, but vice versa, uh, many, many times. Uh, my views and practices have changed, maybe some, with time. Um, I probably don't go quite as draw as hard of, of a line, maybe as you. I, I don't know. I guess flesh it out, but um, I, I'm not like the first time. I when I was a kid, I just didn't really think about it. And I remember uh, I knew someone who was a pastor, and I was supposed to cut his yard, cut his grass, and he my friend was his neighbor I was over at the friend's house and was gonna go over and he's like oh well um let's let's not do it today let's make it today a day of rest and I just remember thinking huh like it's not this I you know I knew a little bit about the Sabbath yeah and I, I probably was like late elementary early middle school something like that and I told my my mom about it and you know she knew him and uh she said oh I'm not surprised and Anyway, but I learned from that. It kind of it's stu- obviously it's still with me, twenty um, something years later. Yeah, and then you know, getting into to doing some of those things, having those conversations with my wife, and there are people I respect in church history who probably held a harder line on the on Sunday being the the Christian Sabbath almost, a Sabbatarian. Um, that you know, I go, well, I, I respect this person. And so I hesitate to disagree, uh, because people are wiser and godlier than me. But uh, I hadn't gotten fully there. But, I mean, let me ask you this. Does the Bible require anything of us on Sundays? I mean, you kind of got into it a minute ago. um, Or or are we just kind of free to do as we please on Sundays, if we're not under the law?
1: Yeah, I I think that we are to gather with the saints on the Lord's Day. Yeah. Again, I, I think a lot of this boils down to the idea that we need to understand that the the actions of the, the the first the apostolic church are not merely descriptive i mean the, this is the church is formed by the apostles and to me i think you know when they gave themselves and they made intentionality even when they did it in a day where they normally wouldn't gather and ta- and you know and the tabernacle and you know the I, I think that for them doing that it's a statement to me that uh you know this is a practice that god has for his people so i i think that we should for sure do that so some christians have taught basically that we should give the whole day to the lord uh and cap that off in an evening service i'm very much for evening services when we can have them i don't think that i could make a case from the bible that definitively you need to have them below but, uh, but i i do think that we need to have some freedom uh, but we, we need to realize that our freedom on our, our Sundays, on the Lord's Day, is the freedom uh, of bondservants of Christ and the freedom of our brother's keeper. It's, it's not meant to be the freedom of doing whatever we selfishly want and living for ourselves, just kind of checking off our two hours, an hour and a half at church or whatever, uh, sometimes less, and then being like, well, it's my day from here. Every day is God's days.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not so much a freedom from, but a freedom to Yeah,
1: what do you think, Ben? Uh,
0: yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the, the Bible assumes that we will gather with God's people I mean, the, the word ecclesia refers to yeah. a gathering The church is more than a gathering, but it's not less And so I think it's important for this And you've already mentioned, like, Acts 20, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 16, 2 um, John refers to being, now he couldn't really gather with the church because he was exiled um, But he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. And so he was making it a day, you know, or at least giving time to, to worship the Lord. And so, uh, and, and history just bears out that this was normalized within the first century, uh, of gathering. And so it, it is something that we're commanded to do in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, to not forsake that assembling of, of the assembly. Um, but beyond that, I'm hesitant to, to give super specific, prescriptions on that. But I think we give time to our local church, um, not just that we show up and then we leave, uh, but we 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 can make it, at least part of it, we're thinking about ministry. Uh, I think we can also, I mean, we've got multiple people in our home to, it can be wise to spend time with them. Uh, a day where you have maybe some more opportunity for that. I mean, it, it can be a means of discipleship and encouraging each other and just enjoying being together. Um, I mean, sometimes I, I've heard people refer to Sunday as family day. I mean, there's nothing the Bible yeah. doesn't say that, but uh, and that can, it can also become like a smokescreen for, I mean, honestly, just like family idolatry. Yep. Uh, so we got to be careful. But uh, and so I mean, those two things, giving time to our local church and giving time to our family, they don't have to be and they should not be mutually exclusive. Though I can't do this because you know because we have this family thing. Well, sometimes I mean, you just need to reorient your schedule. Uh, so that you can invest in your your church, the people there. What about where the Bible doesn't speak uh, specifically? I mean, how much does conscience, Christian liberty, that kind of thing play into this? Uh, And, you know, to quote the abstract of principles that it says that we are to refrain from uh, worldly employments and amusements, uh, which asterisk of principles, for those who don't know, is uh, a summary of Christian doctrine that some churches use. The Southern Baptist Seminary, uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, uses that as their. That was originally drawn up uh, by them. So,
1: that's where we went. So, what are your yeah. thoughts, Tony? A good bit before we went. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think that we have authority to declare where the Bible in no real sense does declare, as I think a really important thing to understand. And, and I realize uh, that means that I am going to actually say that I think most English Puritans were pretty legalistic on this. Uh, you know, prob- legalistic really wouldn't be the right word, but, you know, I, I think that they were, they were creating uh, an unhelpful uh, binding on people's conscience, Without a biblical precedent on this, uh, so but I think that being said, uh, many Christians, including people like Eric Little, the missionary, uh, have found blessings and bring strict on themselves in this. So I, I would encourage more, uh, even listeners, and I, I hope ourselves and more apply this to you know if you think it's wise to make strict uh, separation, strict requirements, not to have worldly and employments and amusements apply that first to yourself and don't go at another person with it and maybe it's wise for you to abstain from those kind of things maybe it will help us worship the lord as individuals but i, I would not wage it, on, wage it on other people i would not kind of force it on other people uh but because I, I think even realizing that you know pastors work on sunday uh and you know and i even do in the afternoon so it's really hard to really make that kind of cutoff of, of you know, even, I mean, it refers to working, for example, and that abstract principle as well. What is work? You know, uh, when does it become a sinful work? Is it sinful work to milk the cows? You know, is it sinful work to take the dog for a walk? And, and if you can't make that distinction, I think we have to be careful. Uh, but, and I think actually some entertainment can fulfill the Lord's day's call to rest in Jesus it can be a way to love your family. I suspect that you're fulfilling the call of the Lord's day when you watch that movie with Tiffany, especially since you don't watch almost any movies anyway.
0: And it was a musical too. So,
1: <laughs> well, then maybe I, maybe I pull back what I said. So. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, was,
0: I, I was loving my wife. I watched something that she had wanted to see for a bit. So, um, I, I think I like what you said. Um, you know, I've I've uh, know a brother who really likes coffee, but when he told me this, at least he said he would not drink it on Sunday. Not because he felt like that was what the Bible required him to do, but it was just a personal, uh, not letting it you know have rule over him, mastery over him. But it, it was just a personal decision for his own discipleship, and so I, I can appreciate that.
1: Um, well, I have coffee every Sunday, for the record.
0: Yeah, I, I drink coffee on Sundays as well. Though you know, it's still stuck with me. I mean, this was four, fourteen years ago when the guy told me this. I haven't I haven't seen him since then. He was a friend of a friend, and I kind of knew him. But um, anyway, I, I have thought of different things, um, you know, just for my own benefit and think, okay, this is maybe I'll give a little more time to reading some book or, or doing some sort of spiritual practice to, to help me or my family um, mm-hmm. know the Lord. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Bible just doesn't speak to every specific. Uh, I, I will say I like the Baptist faith and message. It sort of took some of the the terminology from the abstract principles, and maybe it's in, like, the uh, New Hampshire Confession. I, I don't know about the second London, but um, the they took the thing about the worldly employments and amusements and, and changed it sort of – it should conform to that person's conscience on those issues. I think it gave a little more Christian – acknowledged uh the room for christian freedom and some of those things because yeah. then yeah w- what is worldly in terms of amusement and um i did you ever have dwayne garrett at southern
1: i did not know.
0: okay so i had him a couple times i like he's a good professor but he brought that issue up and he was saying so i mean like you know should we watch a football game and so like even his own practice he, he was trying this was more of a yeah. him trying to have integrity but he's like I, I kind of wonder sometimes uh, you know so I, a lot of times I won't watch football on Sunday because I signed this uh I mean, he was a faculty member and um you know had signed the document and he said you know sometimes I kind of I mean he's an Old Testament guy and so he said I mean in some ways the, the Sabbath goes from sun. Uh, sundown to sundown and so I'm like, well it's, it's the sun has gone down now and so am I free? So a lot of times I just would pass on it. And it was he was a guy that enjoyed football. Yeah. So I mean I, I can appreciate that. Um so is it helpful or necessary for a Christian's family's patterns to look different on Sunday? I mean you talked about having maybe a longer family worship, um, that kind of thing. I mean what, is, what do you think is yeah. good there?
1: i think it is definitely helpful in part because the ordinary means in the worship service is the greatest part of a week so you know the ordinary means that is the worship service so I, i i think that we should all agree that when we gather together as saints on sunday for the lord's day service That is the, that should be really the most important thing that we do as Christians. It's uh, a lot of ways a capstone in the Christian life because it's a preview of what is to come in the kingdom. So, uh, so I definitely think it's going to make the family pattern look different. Uh, I think this means we should plan for Sunday for the Lord's day. uh, And we should even probably, in most cases, it's wise. I'm not going to command. Maybe you get up really early. I don't know, but probably set things aside the day before and get to sleep early the night before uh, compared to, you know, especially young people. I know a lot of young people go to bed like one in the morning, two in the morning every day. Probably don't do that in most cases. Uh, you know, and I think further, the Lord's Day is a great day to design in such a way that would allow you to show up early and stay late for the Lord's Day service. I, I think if we build our schedule in such a way that it is the most important, the pillar of our week, Uh, You know, it would allow us to benefit from the things that are not commanded, but can be helpful as we gather with the saints. What do you think, Ben?
0: I like what you said about that. Um, I remember Don Whitney talking about that. And he just forced me and other students to think, you know, about the Lord's Day and our practices uh, back when— I was in seminary, and he talked about that, what do you do in preparation? And I was like, man, I never not really thought about that. But staying up, to, you know, these wee hours of the morning, you're watching something, or doing whatever else, and it's like, huh, you know, I'm preparing to go hear God's word, meet with God's yep. people, and this is something that's really important for me following Jesus. Well, I should give some thought to this and what I'm doing, how I'm approaching this. Yeah. And, and, I mean, sometimes if I'm preaching the next Sunday, I mean, you're in the spot where most Sundays, you are in that spot. Uh, I, I only preach some of the time, but you know, I've found myself. I'm staying up later than I normally would preparing. Uh, thankfully, the yeah. last several times I have not been in that spot, but uh, I think that those can be helpful for us. Uh, but yeah, I think obviously our family's pattern should look different in that we are making a priority to gather the Lord's people and. Uh, um, we could do things together you know I, I again i don't want to prescribe things because the bible doesn't give us yeah. specifics on what that should look like but it, it could be definitely helpful um in, in various ways well here let me um we're going to get to an area that's contentious or could be contentious could it could step on people's toes uh so i don't know tony says are we issuing like a trigger warning or something but maybe um, <laughs> So youth sports have sort of become a bully that will take everyone's lunch money if if it's allowed to, uh, at least in my opinion. How should Christians think about and deal with the issue of youth sports as it affects Sundays and gathering with the Lord's people and just all of that in general?
1: You know, I, I think we should avoid all sports together and we should just become monks. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Make it easier. Although I do think monks probably do some athletic activity, but regardless, I I won't boldly condemn all Sunday sports with this topic, uh, unless it interferes with the Lord's Day service. I I, I came very, very, very close to overtly saying it, because I I agree, this has been by far the biggest problem, the biggest interference in the Lord's Day service uh, among families today. So, but Sunday sports, uh, very frankly can quickly become an insatiable beast. Uh, and so, you know, I think probably, I, I don't think that, you know, our kids are still relatively young, but I I don't think that we will ever allow them when they're in our household to do Sunday athletic activities. You know, I mean, other than fun around the house, uh, because I, I think that that's a monster that once it's been let out of its cage, it's very hard to put it back in because uh, I because I find it rare. For example, a lot of times what happens is that, you know, you have, you know, activity and, you know, it'll stick to Sunday afternoon. And then once in a while, it becomes an occasional Sunday sport. And, but I, I've never I, I and I, I don't think that I'm being unwise and used to have never, I don't think I'm over speaking here. I've never heard of a case where the rare occasional miss for Sunday sports stays occasional after enough time. Uh, I think it just it tends to eat it up and it tends to become a problem. Uh, but I, you know, I really don't even like the mentality that something that's a poor choice, which objectively missing gathering with the Saints for any reason other than you're physically unable to Uh, You know, or, you know, if you have COVID, obviously it's different. Uh, I I think the mentality that it's okay to make that poor choice because it's infrequent is profoundly foolish. Uh, But I think that it's a sad reality that Christian sports... Has has even interfered itself on Sunday mornings. You know, I I speak to this, and what really bothers me, what really even got me angry as I was looking through this was I recall, uh, at, and I've seen this in multiple places. There's Christian sport leagues that will like Christian FCA and stuff like that that will have themselves have sports games and sports activities that interfere with the Sunday morning worship service, and, and that is what? to me a profoundly arrogant overstepping. Uh,
0: they yeah. They usually do that, that for that's, tournaments. That's very surprising. They usually do um,
1: it so they can participate in tournaments. Hmm. Okay.
0: I, I think that, yeah, I, I mean, the Bible does command us to gather. It does not command us to engage in youth in sports, but um, I, I think it can quickly become the worship of the sport. Yeah. Uh, we, we just recently had our first encounter with that where it you know directly affected us um our kids have played sports before but they were playing um in a league that that never had anything on Sundays uh but they did swim team and the swim team uh they do have like the end of the season there's this divisional thing where all the thing all the folks are there together and our team was slated to, to swim on Sunday morning and you know we talked about it and thought about it and decided, no, this, we're not going to do that. Now I will say the decision was, um, was that the viewpoint was not shared by all involved. Um, and it's like, well, you know, we didn't sign up for church, but we signed up for the swim team and it's like, well, you know, but God commands us. Uh, and also it was, and I really did give thought to him like It is, it's one time. Um, but apparently this was the first time the league had slotted it for sunday morning they in the past you know they do it all over the weekend but they would typically do it sunday afternoons and allow you know we're on the bible belt like up there i'm sure that's it's not even really a consideration in new england um but thankfully the coach uh we just let the coach know and she's a believer herself and Uh, She said, Well, they've made allowances before for Jewish families. And so if you want, I'll reach out and see what we can do. So, anyway, you know, we didn't ask for special treatment, but thankfully they they did open that up and we were able to swim. Our kids were able to swim on Saturday uh, with a different division and then have their times count. So they had to go swim against like better swimmers. Yeah. Um, So that may have been a little intimidating for them, but we were thankful that they still got to do it. And it was not, I mean, we we explained to them every time that you do what, you know, is right. It doesn't always just work out happy and everything's great. Um, but this is an example where, you know, we, we did what we thought was right. And I guess you could say the Lord rewarded that, uh, in a way that you could see. So uh,
1: that
0: was, it was a helpful experience for us as a family. Um, but, yes, youth sports, like you said, I mean, it, once it's let out of the cage, it hits sort of is a monster that it won't fit back in the cage. Uh, and we'll just gobble up everything.
1: Yeah. And by the way, one thing I want to add is I think even i become – maybe, and I don't think it's because of legalism, but more strict on this even than I had in the past, because, you know, and I think there's a sense in which I would still argue that, you know, if somebody, for example, you know, if you normally go to church at this time, or, you know, say that you're going out of town and, you know, for a sports activity and your normal church time, and you find a church so you can worship at like 8 a.m. or whatever, and it's a gospel center church, that I mean, that's fine. And in a way, I, I think that's, you know, that's a lot better, Uh, But the reality is, even when you're doing that, I think by participating in activities like that, that implicitly are designed to conflict with, you know, our design a way that conflicts with the lord's day service i i don't see where it's great for even our engagement for the with the lost world you know what i mean it's i i think that it's further Mm. it's enabling and giving in a sense an excuse our brothers and sisters in christ around it so i just don't see any wisdom and even changing our worship service for the sake of that
0: Mm. yeah i mean those are some good points and i think some it could get down to the issue of of conscience or some people may view it as an issue of conscience some people may view it more as just a, a clear-cut black and white issue um and yes um and, and i i think though to say well you know we have a family prayer and like read a verse before we go out there onto the, the field like yeah that's that's not the same yeah you're uh, causing a
1: lot bigger problems than that at the moment.
0: yeah i mean okay you can go be a light to those people but I you do raise I think an excellent point about the the witness that is to the world. It's like, oh, well, we are we are forsaking the assembling of our, ourselves so we can come do this worldly amusement. Um so
1: what a great way to brag on your husband, the bri- the bridegroom of the church by you know ditching him for something else.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean when you when you put it that yeah. And I remember hearing this thing. I think I've referenced this before uh, in talking about media stuff, but I was listening to this webcast thing with Andy Krauts, the guy that wrote uh, TechWise yep. Family, he and some other folks. And he was saying, you know, having these practices in your home. And he said, you know, Jewish, Orthodox Jewish kids get used to saying, oh, our family's different. And he said, like, we can do that as believers, too. And he was talking about, you know, in the, the tech realm, Well, so, oh, yeah. it's not something we do. But particularly if you've got a group around you of folks who will say, yeah, this we're going to do this together, that does make it easier, I think, for the mm-hmm. kids. Because, again, like when we talked about it, um, there was not great rejoicing in our home. Um, I mean, they, they were – it was not uh, a welcome decision. But – you know, it, it did make for some good discussion points. Okay. And, and you know, I, I don't – I didn't really expect my kids to be like, Dad, we really appreciate your wisdom and you being willing to, to lead us in this way. Um, and so – but I, yeah, it's just really, really helpful if others around you will do that. But we had uh, – I talked to somebody else after the fact who's a, a committed believer, and the – he said to me, he's like, "Ah, oh, I wish I would have known that there was another option." And yeah. you know, because and when my wife and I were talking about it, we thought maybe there's other people who would do this, but they may need some pushing. And then I, I don't want to portray like I'm Martin Luther. you know, I'm here this is where my conscience takes me, and i can I can do no other. Um, I, I'm the, not that kind of courageous person. Yeah. We just felt like this is this is the time to push back to the league. And, I mean, we're not, like, all into travel swim and stuff like that. Like, our kids swim in the month of June, and and that's – we've done it just the second year. But um, anyway, that's kind of what got me thinking about this whole conversation in the first place. Uh, Well, Tony, what steps can parents take to try to cultivate a recognition of and an appreciation for the Lord's Day in our own children and especially when we're living in a culture – in which sunday is you know it's fun day or it's family day or it's sleeping day or it's travel ball day or i don't know who knows whatever else
1: yeah so i would say three quick things so i would say we should make priority steps to prioritize gathering with the saints saints so like even for example i i think changing our our travel plan expectations you know in such a way that gathering with the saints is just what we do. It's not what we do Sundays when it's convenient. It's just what we do on Sundays. Uh, and I think that another practical way that we can make much of it and build an anticipation for it would be, can be if your church sends out the song list, for example, uh, to the congregation to be able to work on and be able to, you know, sing ahead, especially for little kids work on that. Uh, you know, and maybe work ahead in reading through the passage that your pastor's going to preach if he's an expository preacher uh, and, and just kind of as preparation for the Lord's Day service in the week. And then finally, I, I think we should plan our socials and even plan our study. Uh, for the sake of Friday and Saturday, so that we can really benefit from the Lord's Day based upon our own convictions. Because again, I think regardless, you know, I mean, if you say that we just have to gather with the saints and then, you know, I can work a part-time job, still, even then, you're not working as much as you would. Yeah, but regardless, based on your conviction, uh, I think planning your weekend so that you can follow those convictions. What do you think, Ben?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, just... The overarching thing I would take from what you're saying was an intentionality about it, and not just sort of, oh, it's here, and oh, this, well, we'll just do these things. Um, but intentionality with the Lord's purposes reigning over it instead of, oh, yeah, well, we, we're going to go do this thing, we're going to go do this thing. And gathering with God's people around His word is not really factored in as a priority. Uh, because I mean, back to what you were saying about the witness, our participation in certain things or our lack thereof, the witness that it sends to, to the world around us is like, oh, we think this is a really big deal, this is a really big priority that we do this, uh, and it is it testifies that there's a difference, uh, and so they may not always understand, but at least there there is an awareness of the difference. Now, and one thing I, I want to make allowance for in. You know, in the early church days, it's not like Sunday and Saturday were viewed as the holidays or, or, or the weekend. No. Uh, and so, I mean, there would have been saints uh, who had to work and do these different kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like, well, we're doing travel gladiator games and so you know, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be gone this week. Um, so, you know, there, there is that. But as far as what we put on people's conscience and not – but I do think that we want to mark out and be special things that we do as a family to remember the Lord. We gather with his people. Uh, I like the idea about the kids singing. I, I've seen churches that do that. They'll put out the, the things they're going to sing. We don't do that. Now, I have access to it because um, I'm one of the pastors, and I can see where the, that, stuff, that information is kept. Um, but, um, yeah, protecting that time with his people. It could be a time for showing hospitality. Um, whether with people in your church or neighbors, making it a, an opportunity for ministry. And just remembering, too, like we talked about at the beginning, that this is the Lord's Day. The reason we call it the Lord's Day is the day that the Lord rose yeah. from the dead, and it, it changed everything. Amen. And so just trying to keep that in the front of our mind. Um, I was, Do you know who Tony Payne is? Yes, I do. Okay, so Matthias, well, he was with Matthias Media, but still... Still buddies with him. Um, I read something he put out this week about the fire of gospel clarity. Um, I would commend it. You just search that Tony Payne. Get his, uh, his his blog is called The Painful Truth. P A Y N E uh, like that. But uh, he was talking about how often in people's kind of a short gospel presentation, how often the resurrection is left out and if they mention it the the meaning of the resurrection really is not fully grasped and and how you know god brought in his reign he's overcoming sin and death and, and all of that and so just when you look at the apostles preaching of jesus they don't say you know god loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life or they don't always just say, well, Jesus died for your sins. Yes, they do. But also they go around preaching the resurrection mm-hmm. and then how we must respond to that. And so um, I think it is – that is a neglected uh, doctrinal reality that, that makes like, a huge difference in yep. our hope. And so um, that's something that we want to remember regularly and press that into our kids' hearts and lives. Mm-hmm. Um, how can uh, churches equip parents to do this work?
1: Yeah, I think that we should talk about the beauty in the Lord's Day in all of our programs. So I, I think that this is something, and this goes back to actually a previous podcast where we assume a lot of these things. Uh, and so the assumption has allowed us to have misunderstanding at church. Uh, that uh, and so, But I think that whether you're King of Cadets, in our case, you know, Sunday school, whatever, you should use that as a time to teach about why the Lord's Day is important. You should talk even when you gather as saints. Give, I mean, even in congregational prayers, give thanks for the Lord's Day and the beauty of it. So, uh, But I think that the rhetoric that we use can matter for this purpose. Uh, you know, I, I think like for... And to, I don't always use the word Lord's Day for Sunday, but I think using that terminology, as scripture does, I think carries a lot and teaches a lot. How we talk teaches people more than we tend to think. So, uh, mm-hmm. and further, especially I, if we do it over and over again. Oh yeah, exactly. So, but uh, and even like actually, I've uh, I've tried to put into practice to say Lord willing more often. And it really, you know, I just say it instinctively now, and it teaches me when I do it. So, uh, mm-hmm. and lastly, I would say one act I think that can be relevant to, and this is for some people a hard pill to swallow, but I think that uh, church, church discipline in cases where the where people do not value the gathering of the saints, in which Christians are not showing their faith as public by longing to be with the body for an extremely extenuated period of time, not for a couple of weeks, uh, that I think it can do a lot to teach parents as well as children, you know, the value of this, the value of this, that this is enough of an important act of the Christian life that if you're not gathering with the saints, we got to wonder why, you know, what's, what's the spirit really doing in your life? Yeah. I mean,
0: I think that is a, A valid concern. Not like somebody's gone once and you are out of here. Um, But, yeah, and when I – I don't usually do the welcome in our church. Um, When I do, I'll try to make some kind of statement about gathering with God's people and that we are here again. Um, And sometimes when I pray, this past Sunday I talked about, you know, Lord, we're inconveniencing ourselves to orient ourselves around Uh, you and your word and your people just trying to bring that to to folks attention and their awareness um hopefully you know like i said if you do it over and over it begins to get ingrained in there a little bit and be disruptive to people's assumptions and so yeah just prizing that and and helping people to see how uh, central and essential the church is for Mm -hmm. our our discipleship to jesus it's not icing on the cake it is um, really a big part yeah. of the substance. I mean, yes, we yeah. have our personal relationship with the Lord, and um, there's a lot of time we spend away from the church, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that, uh, that that time with the church is really just sort of ancillary. Yep. So are there any resources that you direct people to to think more about this?
1: So I give one, and this is kind of a, 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 a short book for children a picture book uh the uh the best day of the week by william uh Boxtain, i think that's how you pronounce it i actually saw he wrote a great gospel article about children in church and i looked up the guy and i found a book that he did and ordered it for our family uh who you know i'm we're trying to teach our kids to value of the lord's day and it's a really great resource it probably is a little uh sabbatarian more than even i would be I uh, definitely probably more than ben would be but i think it's a helpful encouragement and helps us see the priority of worshiping jesus on this day so i'd say that and you know and this is gets really inert if you really want to dive in deep i think calvin's institute's so of the christian religion has a fantastic section on the lord's day how about you ben
0: uh, you know I'm working my way slowly through the Institutes so I've not gotten to that section uh, but you mentioned your mention of Calvin and your previous mention of kingdom cadets reminded me of have you ever heard of the Calvinist cadets
1: I have it's never a, heard of Calvinist cadets
0: it is a real thing yeah. what <laughs> so, <laughs> look okay. it up um, so yeah I don't have any specific resources but I just thought that you might you tend to be a good good uh, guy to go to on what, what is a resource on this but i have this task in mind to go do i just have keep pushing it off but about like uh cataloging my my library um so that i can go to and if someone has a question about this and, and you know it's just useful on a lot of fronts yeah. but it'll be a lot of work up front so uh, maybe when i get around to that i might have a little better answer but yeah i the article you read and i don't know how they can Buckstein, Boca Stein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read his article, and I, I don't do a whole lot on social media, but I did. I was like, "Oh, this would be good," and I was surprised because we I've got this Facebook page, like a uh, yeah, like not a personal page, but you know, where you can track like the people's attention. I was surprised at how many people had clicked on the article and you know had interacted with it. Um, but it was about like how to have your kids in the service, and he talked about how his daughter had to go, you know, get taken out, and she's she was screaming so loud that. It, Where The acoustics of the building made it where he just had to pause. He's like, could someone go help them find a quieter spot like his wife was out there with the child? Um, But anyway, so I appreciated the humility there and just the acknowledgement that it's not always glorious and rosy. Um, But yeah, so – but thanks for thinking with me about this, Tony. You know, Sundays make up over 14 percent of our week which translates to 14% of our, our month and, and our year and our lives. And so what we're doing there, that, that's not a small percentage. And so uh, several week, months back, we discussed habits and patterns of our homes. And this is really just an extension yeah. of that. And there's, you know, some specific biblical warrant for, you know, not so much what do we do on Tuesday, but on, on uh, the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. So, um, I hope that it's fruitful and it helps families and churches honor the Lord and and orient their lives around him and his word and his people.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday